We have two scripture readings this evening, one from the Hebrew Bible and one from the New Testament. First, from the book of Genesis. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. God saw everything that he had made and declared, it is good. It is very, very good. And from the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. To one is given the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, to another faith, to another gifts of healing, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually just as the spirit chooses. May these words continue to inform us as we go about our lives. And will you pray with me? O gracious and loving God, may the meditations of all of our hearts and minds this evening be pleasing unto you this day and forevermore. Amen. Family physician Edie Wadsworth tells a great story about attending her first big professional medical conference. It was one of those gatherings held in a large hotel meeting room with round tables and fancy centerpieces. The speakers were from all over the world and of course all experts in their field. This was serious business. Edie found her way to her assigned table and began unpacking her Vera Bradley that matched her long flowy skirt, her favorite jean jacket, and her wedge sandals. She pulled out a blank sketch pad, that's what she liked to take notes on, and a box of colored pencils and markers, and some brightly colored post-it notes. Well, as she was doing so, she looked around her table and around the room and realized that pretty much everyone else there was in conservative dark suits with power ties or power heels. They carried leather portfolios and designer fountain pens, and she was the only woman at her table. Well, Edie reflected, at first glance around that huge conference room, I felt suddenly self-conscious of who I was. I had thoughts like, I should be more serious. I should buy a suit. I should wear more navy and black. I need a leather binder. I should stop using colored markers. But what Edie came to understand was that she wasn't trying to be a rebel. She was just being who she was naturally made to be. She continued, I couldn't change how I was created. I could only make myself more of who I already was, focusing on what made me unique, what made me, me. So Edie chose to embrace the wonderful creation she was, for she understood she was created in God's image. Of course, the men in black that surrounded her were also created in God's image, but one style, one look, one set of gifts wasn't better than the next. They were gifts, gifts from a God that calls us to embrace and honor the unique, amazing people we are. 
I think we often forget how intimately we are part of that creation story. We should never forget how truly special, how truly divine each of us are. It would be a disservice to our loving God to not use the myriad gifts that we have each been blessed with. Well, author Rob Bell describes these daily opportunities to create the best version of ourselves as the blinking line and a blank page. You know that blinking line when you sit down at your computer to write something and the words don't seem to come. You stare at that blank page and that blinking cursor and wonder, what will I write? What will I create? But think of all the possibilities that that blinking line and blank page represent. Your blinking line is whatever sits in front of you waiting to be brought into existence. It could be a new school or a new job. Every blinking line and blank page is a fresh new opportunity to be a co-creator with God. Now remember, of course, that creation can be exhausting and exhilarating and draining and invigorating, and it's also a great big mystery. After all, God was so exhausted after creating all that he had wonderfully made that he took a day off and called it Sabbath a day to rest for sure, but also a day to take a look at everything around you and sit back and relish the beauty and wonder of what's been created. That day off is important. Taking the time to rest and to be grateful is what will keep us willing and able to face the next blinking line and the blank page. Now we can't do this wonderful life that we've been given alone, just as Mike, Mike shared with us, we need people, and we need God to share the journey as we write our stories so that we become more and more Christ-centered rather than self-centered. Tony Robinson, a UCC minister, mused about graduation and how we'll all hear comments about how wonderful the graduates are and that the world is simply their oyster. But he writes, I wonder how graduation might go if the speaker stood up and said, listen, not gonna lie to you, you actually don't have everything that it takes. Well, neither do I, nor do all the teachers or preachers or family members arrayed here before you. If you're feeling a little anxious today, that's probably good, you should be. But listen, you and I are not left to our own devices or alone. There's an amazing holy power at work in the world, a power that pours out all these gifts from the Holy Spirit that we heard about in 1 Corinthians. Gifts poured out to work together for the common good. Despite what we may hear or read in graduation cards, we can't do it alone. But with God's help, we stand a very good chance. And God has sent a bevy of people to walk with us as we stare at that blinking line and blank page. Just as Mike said, think about those people that came to mind when you closed your eyes. But there are other people that you will meet in your future, people from different cultures and economic backgrounds, compassionate teachers, maybe difficult roommates, new friends that will stay with us a lifetime, old friends that may choose a different path. And this dear congregation, who we promise to love, support, and care for you, we will never break that promise. And dear graduating seniors, please don't forget your parents who will carry you in their hearts no matter where you go. And oh, how they will miss you. Please don't forget to call.
But parents, we know we can't fill in our kids' blank pages. Of course, we never could. Pastor Rich once told a beautiful story about a grade school class that observed the butterfly struggling to free itself from its chrysalis to become the new creation that God intended it to become. Rich pointed to this story of the struggling butterfly as an analogy of our lifelong journey of wrestling and struggling with things, even our faith. It is often in the struggle that we grow the most. But there was also a part of the story that I think is important for us parents to hear today. The teacher was having a really hard time watching that butterfly wiggle and struggle to free itself. And so she used the sharp point of her pencil to help free the butterfly. Sadly, although her intentions were heartfelt and good, the butterfly didn't thrive. The struggling is part of the natural process to change from that chrysalis to a butterfly. As parents and family members and a loving community of faith, we know how very hard it is to watch our loved ones struggle. But we must, we must sometimes. We must keep our pencil points out of the process and simply be present, simply love them through the struggle and rejoice with them in their triumphs for there will be both. And God is there for all of us parents as well. God is listening to our prayers, our concerns, and our joys. Well, and graduates, we just couldn't help ourselves but offer a bit more advice before you move into this next chapter. I asked our first Congo staff and clergy to offer some of their parting wisdom, and here's what they had to say. From Pastor Rich, Work hard and spend an inordinate amount of time getting the easy decisions right. Hard decisions, really hard decisions, are usually either two bad options or two really good options. No matter how much thought or prayer you put into them, it's tough because oftentimes there isn't one correct choice. But easy decisions are usually between a good choice and a poor choice. So invest most of your time getting those easy decisions right, and don't sweat the hard ones. And from Ray Klumchuk, when you began school, like in kindergarten, the teacher reads to you and tells you everything. As you move through school, you're weaned more and more from teachers and guides, and you learn as much by paying attention to your environment, to what's around you. So pay attention to what's around you and learn from what you see and experience. And from Nancy O'Brien, step out of your comfort zone. Try a new recreational sport or non-screen activity. Live with someone you don't know. Take a class that intrigues you but isn't part of your planned path and go on a road trip somewhere new. Parents, I don't know if Nancy is gonna help fund those road trips, but um, <laughs> you may wanna give her a call. And this advice for all of us from Marcy Duza, our preschool director, and this truly is good advice for all of us. What you see on the outside isn't always what is happening on the inside. Be kind and gracious. Do not judge. Everyone has a story. Seek out a good listener when you need one, and in return, be a good listener for someone in need. And these tidbits from some of our former graduates collected by Beth Tracy. 
It's okay not to know. Try new things. Don't be afraid to network and ask for help. And live, laugh, and love. And this little tidbit from the category of don't do what I did. Do not decide the day before you leave for college or start a new job to finally cut your hair that you've kept long, straight, and uncolored for your entire life. And worst, do not, I say do not, take a picture of some supermodel and share it with a stylist and say, make me look like this. In my case, it was a picture of Farrah Fawcett, a 1970s equivalent of Heidi Kloss or Taylor Swift. First of all, you are as beautiful the way you are, but if you decide you want to change up your look, go for it. I just suggest not doing it the day before the big day. At least for me, it did not go well. I repeat, it did not go well. I ended up with a perm and I looked like one of those big 1980s picture with curly hair everywhere. I was never going to look like Farrah Fawcett. And now I know I didn't need to try. For as Miss Hope wisely shared, remember you are an amazing person and God created you to be like no one else. There will be highs and lows during this transition. Be kind to yourself and know how much God loves you and your first Congo family is here for you and never be afraid to ask for help and carry this scripture with you. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Jesus. And never forget that you were created in God's image and God looks upon you and says, you are my beloved and you are very, very good. Amen.